<laughs> we are live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. You know it feels like football season is upon us when on a Monday, Carter, the power Bryant, does join us as he normally is, as he normally will be. He joins us this Monday. Let's talk some LSU football. Speaking of that, LSU announced today that they have the dudes that they're bringing with them to SEC Media Days, which is a week away. We're here, man. We are here. And in a couple more weeks, we will have fall camp. We will have summer camp. It is time for some football. The talking season is among us. But Brian Kelly announced uh, his three guys. I'll share a little bit of a leadership story with you. Uh, some things I'm hearing about some of the leadership uh, things going on around the program are really, really good sign that we've seen. Also, I'm going to go on a little bit of a Rafino's rants here. I do this argument. I do this rant every year during the summer. Everybody on social media overreacting to recruiting rankings. How do you make moves in the non-playing portion of the season? I never understand it, but this time I'm not going to yell, not going to scream, pretty much just a reminder to you that this happens every year, and quite honestly, if you're in the top 200, you got really good players. Normally what that means. So we'll talk on that uh, as well. We'll go around your SEC. So last Thursday... We talked about Alabama. We talked about Ole Miss. We talked about Texas A&M. I think today that we're going to talk a little bit about Arkansas. We might even do that with Carter. Another opponent that you will play, my expectations for Mississippi State, is I really don't have a lot of expectations for them. I'm just kind of in a small little way for their football program, kind of rooting for them a little bit. Obviously not to beat LSU or – I just hate that Mike Leach, the passing of him, and what they were left with. So, um, we'll, we'll talk Arkansas, we'll talk Mississippi State here tonight. We'll give a draft update. Cam Johnson, the electric lefty, has not been drafted. Kevin Dugas got drafted. Trey Morgan got drafted. Trey in the third. Pick number 88, Gavin Dugas, I think it was 165, but in the sixth round, the first pick in the sixth round to the Washington Nationals, Brian Joe Bear, Hayden Travinsky, Alex Malazzo, none of these guys have been drafted yet, but I think round 11 is a big deal. We'll find that out tomorrow. Are some teams going to come off of some money to sign an electric guy like Cam Robinson and draft him? We will see. We'll talk about that here tonight. And we just did this on the Rafino and Joe show, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it here uh, on AYS. So go to the Rafino and Joe show if you want my takes on the Pat Fitzgerald thing. But in case you missed it, a guy that's been at Northwestern as their head coach for 17 years, Pat Fitzgerald, has been fired for hazing allegations. And Brandon the Exotic Barber says the Pat Fitzgerald story is wild. That it is. That it is. I, I mean, what's so you you know it's wild when ESPN says, "Hey Pat, 
not only do we have text messages, videos, and photos, we have multiple players on record that all account for the saying the same thing. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald screwed, man. And obviously, screwed. He just got fired. He just got fired, man. But what a wild, wild story. Let's talk some LSU stuff and get into these comments before we get rolling, though. Justin says, you should go on a route about your Yankees. I probably should, but I don't talk about the Yankees on this show. I never really have. Just a mention here or there. Uh, Sean Casey's going to be their new hitting coach. I like that move a lot. I think if Aaron Boone can't figure it out, it's time to move on from him. But you got to get more speed. The Yankees have not have done a, have not done a great job of getting serious. They're, I mean, they've, they've had, you know, Judge and Stanton have barely played together this season. It's been a travesty. Uh, but John Beller says, great draft for LSU baseball. A great story, period. Yeah, you didn't have anybody that you don't want to – I mean, obviously, you kind of had to have an idea that Trey Morgan was going to go in the, as high as he did, and Gavin Dugas can't return. But none of your high school commits got drafted – so far, and the guy that you thought would go the most and Cam Johnson has not also been drafted. I think tomorrow the 11th round is crucial, and if you talk to some people around the league, which uh, we have a lot of sourced stuff uh, that we're reporting on on our message board, so if you haven't joined there already, go on over there, man. AYSSnetwork.com. At the end of the show, I'll put uh, – I-, I might give a deal out. I might give a deal out, but uh, things we're hearing on Cam Johnson, how much money he's asking for, things like that. But go inside the forum. It's got a big community. It's growing ever so much. So um, doing a lot there. Ori Granger says, bring back Arkansas as the last game of the season, please. Yeah, it sinks that's not. Uh, Brandon Ray says, hashtag ask Blake, what do you think about the new LSU baseball hire? Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Um Thank you for mentioning that. So, speaking of the message board, we talked about that a lot last week uh, on the message board. But in case you missed it, I'll bring it up here. But Terry Rooney is going to be the new director of operations and recruiting um, for LSU. If you remember the name Terry Rooney, he was on pulmonary staff, then was hired as the head coach at UCF. Rooney was the recruiting coordinator at Purdue last year, and now is back in Baton Rouge at LSU. So I think a pretty big hire for LSU, but we'll touch on that uh, here tonight as well. Uh, Doug Ray says, actually, the number eight pick, the catcher from, I meant today. He's talking about Blake Mitchell. Uh, was one of our guys, but I meant today, Doug. That's what I, I if I said, if I misspoke, I apologize. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, I meant today. Nobody, none of your... High school guys got drafted today. All right, two more. Uh, we talked about that one. But uh, Paul Sub Martin says, current ACC commissioner James Phillips was Northwestern's AD at the time of the allegations. The fallout could get uh, could get worse beyond fits. Maybe so. I did not know that. That's a good – Paul Sub Martin is like Stump the Schwab. Do you all remember that show on ESPN? That man's got more uh, – uh, you know, that man's got more – sports knowledge in his head than anybody I've ever met without question without question uh but Tyler Townsend Mark Blaine everybody's saying let's go we are live that we are 
It's going to be a really, really good show. Carter Bryant joins us in 20 minutes, so let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share all those social media groups wherever you listen to us. If you're on Facebook, hit the like and share. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you for all those who are joining us on Fubo TV. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Vardo and Sons, our good friends over at Battle Line. Got a lot to discuss. Don't go anywhere. It's time, y'all. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back! But Texas isn't. Listen. Yeah, let me get to these comments before we do that. Uh, Jeff says, some have Jane Daniels ranked above KJ Jefferson. Some don't. What's your opinion, Blake? I'll talk about that. Jeff, just stay in the chat and remind me. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Justin says, stump the Schwab, man. I miss cold pizza. That show was fire. I miss a lot of the big time shows. I wish ESPN would have never done away with them. Rafino's Rants time. Guys, we've been doing over 730 shows. We've done a lot of these. In the last four years, we've done one in particular. One that happens every year. Last year, I said, I'm not coming out here and screaming. I'm not yelling. I'm not getting mad. And I'm not. Today, on three... The new recruiting service came out and said, hey, guys, we're doing new rankings. These are our top new recruits in the country. Sounds good, man. Like, sounds good. At this point, if you follow where guys are, you know, I think Andre Evans is an LSU commit that climbed up rankings. If you've ever listened to this show, the safety from Denham Springs, Deshaun McBride, is a guy that we had been on from the beginning. I, I'm pretty sure we were the first ones on this really pushing for Deshaun McBride. A lot of these LSU recruits are moving up in these rankings, rightfully so on some of them.
But I just don't ever understand. I just don't ever understand why and how players can progress in these rankings when the non-playing portion of the season happens. You can talk to any college coach in the country, predominantly at the massive and major P5 schools. They will all tell you the same exact thing. The kids and the five stars that used to go to camps during the summer, they don't camp anymore. They don't really have to, nor really should they. Five-star and high four-star recruits, why do I need to come to camp? Putting more of the leverage on them. Taking some of the leverage from some of these people that are scouts for on three, two, four, seven. And let me just make it very well known. I had people asking me about the guys that are, on, are at on three at LSU. I have no ill will issues with any of them just as a company. But then I look at so many LSU fans making the uh, determinations or asking the questions in reference to why are these guys jumping and falling? Quite honestly, who gives a damn? They're going to continue to do what they want to do. Because it's not going to be the same at the end of all of it. it. When it's all said and done, those rankings won't mean shizite because none of it will mean anything. Players will go up and down, up and down, up and down. Uncommitted guys will climb up the rankings, shoot massively up the rankings, while kids that are committed will shoot down. It's happening. And God forbid if a kid's not committed, but they know that where a kid's going – they will drop them. It's already happening. I know that they know of an LSU commit. <clears throat> I mean, come on. <laughs> so, not getting upset, not getting mad. Love the dudes with the local on three. Great job. They do a great and fantastic job. You can't debate that. But them as a company is about one thing and one thing only. Like today, I saw that they posted the thing with Will Campbell. The in case you missed this too, Will Campbell got a massive deal with I think it was like I don't even know the solution company, but basically a store and a company that has seventeen John Deere locations. Their new NIL sponsor and kid is Will Campbell. Sounds great. Thought LSU was behind though in NIL. That was, if you remember, two years ago or a year and a half ago. That was the big thing. Oh, Brian Kelly can't recruit. Remember, LSU was behind in NIL. How'd that turn out? Anyway, anyway, <clears throat> it is what it is, man. And I would just tell you, as I always do, don't freak out about recruiting in LSU. Things will be fine. I promise you. The groundwork that has been laid by some of these guys in the recruiting staff, Sherman Wilson, Jordan Orsamal, Bobby, R.J. Belton, position coaches, thing, Frank Wilson, things will come to fruition. Just give it time. I feel like at the end of this month, you're going to have a lot to want to, you're going to want to talk about. You have a lot that's going to be going on. Just stay tuned because Brian Kelly's not done yet. But he did make an announcement today. Something, and let's get to the plain portion of all of this. 
Today, Brian Kelly announced that he is going to be bringing three players to SC Media Days, which, if you don't remember, SC Media Days is a week ago, or from a week from today on July 17th. That is when it starts LSU up front, like they were last year. Brian Kelly leads in year two of the, his second SEC meetings, his ex, second SEC Media Days, his second year at LSU. He announced today that Jane Daniels, Josh Williams, and Makai Wingo will be the three dudes. So, been saving some of these so that we could talk about it. It's a nine-playing portion of the year. So, it's talking season. Guys, you know why Jane Daniels is going. It's... <clears throat> Look, I know that some have either liked Jane, don't like Jane, but there's a lot of people that are putting Jane above K.J. Jefferson as the best quarterback returning in the SEC. Remains to be seen. We might talk about that here tonight. But Jane Daniels is your is your leader. You're going to go as he goes. You can like my opinions. You can hate my opinions. You can love Brian Kelly's opinions or hate Brian Kelly's opinions. But you attack me about Jane Daniels or the position groups or positions of what's going on at quarterback when I'm not the one that has the ultimate decision. But I will tell you, and you can ask anybody that you're close with, your mama and them, whoever's been in talking to people around LSU, he has been your leader all summer. He's been there. And you're bringing back the SEC West champion at quarterback, accompanied by a fifth-year senior in Josh Williams and a guy that pretty much was your best defensive player last year, not named Harold Perkins, and Makai Wingo. Those are your three dudes, man. That is the face of maybe barring Harold Perkins. Those are the guys that you're getting to call to come and represent you. Starts with your quarterback, man. Of the 14 teams, I think five of those teams are bringing quarterbacks. Really the only ones that could really been or is going to be returning. You know, Will Rogers, Mississippi State that we'll talk about tonight. K.J. Jefferson, Jane Daniels are the ones that lead that ticket to be the guys that will be at SEC Media Days. Look, there are a lot of stories that are coming out of summer camp about the leadership that you have in that room. I don't think it would be crazy if you would have put Garrett Nussmeyer in there either. Now, the reason they don't, obviously, is for a PR thing because of the simple fact that it might send the wrong message to your team, to media, and you're like, are you running a two QB system? But both of your quarterbacks, I will tell you, have led this team to where they need to go. I have no issues or no worries. I've told you this before. It bears repeating every time that it comes up. I do not worry at night when my head hits the pillow about the leadership and the direction that LSU is going under Brian Kelly that has trickled down to the two guys that he spends the most time with. I don't know if you know this. It's been talked about a lot. But the guy that Brian Kelly spends his most times with is going to be Joe Sloan, Mike Denbrock, and the quarterback room. When we go out to practice, which will be about a month from now, we'll be out there. And you can see Brian Kelly walking around, yes. He is with the quarterbacks pretty much nonstop. His leadership, his mindset, along with Joe Sloan, is starting to take precedent and trickle out to the rest of the team. You got Harold Perkins being a leader. You have 
uh, uh, Josh Williams being a not only short by example, but somewhat of a little bit more of a vocal guy. You have Makai Wingo, who a year ago was the newcomer, but the freak of the year in the offseason went to Makai Wingo and arguably not named, guys not named Harold Perkins. He was your best defensive weapon at times, stopping the run, getting crucial sacks when you needed him. Man did it all. I just feel good of the three guys that you have being the quote-unquote face of this program. Now, I was asked just a minute ago in reference to Jaden Daniels. And now that we are in, because these are the questions he's going to be asked. Do you think that you're the best SEC quarterback returning? A lot can be said about K.J. Jefferson. A lot can be said about Will Rogers. A lot can be said about Connor Weigman. Others, right? I think that you have two dudes that can play. I think your starting guy, if he gets things moving, it will be good, and it will be fine. I think he can lead you in places that you want to go. Can he take down Georgia? I don't know, man. I do not know that. I don't feel great about it as of today. I think you have a chance to. And Josh Williams is just the ultimate dude, man. Guys, did y'all know Josh Williams was on this team in 2019? Like, he's got a 2019 natty ring. And now he leads you in, as one of the faces in SEC media days. You got to love it. Uh, Jeremy Hyde says, it sends a 499 Super Chat. He says, thanks for being the GOAT, Blake. If you're not just subscribed to AYS, then you're missing out. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for that Super Chat. Yes, we will get to all of your comments first. Um... We will get to all of your comments first if they are Super Chats. Olivet says, JD5 will make KJ look like a high school quarterback. KJ's good, but I don't... KJ just has had his, um, had his moments. We got to see him prevail. Holden Lee says, Jake Brown just made a Tiger tweet. Think he's sane? can make a dicks during the uh during the show that's for sure that's for sure yeah he did look at that kid out of sulfur you gotta love it that looks good man that looks good look we'll talk about jay in a little bit now it's everybody's texting. Blake, are you seeing about Jake Brown? <laughs> yeah, we did. Thank you to Holden uh, for doing that. Interesting. Uh, no, we will not. Uh, we're on vacation. Yep. I will be live every day, but we will be on vacation for SC Media Days. Didn't have a... Didn't have a choice. Uh, Brandon says, hopefully, Jaden. I mean, I will be doing the show from here, uh, but we'll be on vacation for all that time. Brandon says, hopefully, Jaden will have a big year. The impact Bryce Underwood. Uh, no, I read that wrong. Hopefully, Jaden having a big year will impact Bryce Underwood, Underwood coming to the boot. Yeah, and LSU sits in a good place for there. 
LSU sits in a good place. Uh, Brandon Reese says probably half the teams in the conference have questions at quarterback into going into the season. Yeah, and look, the teams that don't, obviously Mississippi State, South Carolina, um, Arkansas, LSU, Texas A&M, I'd say Florida. I'm not going to say Georgia because even though they think they have a dude, you had not seen him yet. Uh, Tennessee, what can Joe Milton be? What can that dude do at Kentucky? We'll see, man. Uh, we will see. Let me transition to baseball really quickly because we got Carter Bryant coming up in four minutes. Uh, but, yes, Terry Rooney was hired today as the director of ops for LSU baseball. We talked about this for over a week on the message board. If you're not a subscriber, do so, AYSSnetwork.com slash forum. Um, I think it's a good hire, man. I think it's a really strong hire when you have a guy that's going to be a director of ops has recruited for your school before. Guys like DJ uh, LeMayhew, Anthony Renato, and others. A big reason why they were here was because of Terry Rooney. Terry Rooney is going to be over a lot of things, but one thing that I think Jay wanted him for is just being his scout. Find me guys that can play. Find me guys that can play. We know about the Tommy Tanks of the world. We know about all that. Show me and recruit and help me with the guys that you think are going to be superstars that we can take this to the next level. Terry Rooney's that dude, man. I think it's a massive hire. A lot of people in the Texas area don't like him, burn bridges or whatever. Um, I think they'll be fine. I think LSU recruiting will be fine. So I think Terry Rooney is a massive addition, but, but, We'll continue to monitor this Cam Johnson news. Is Cam Johnson going to be on campus? Is he going to be an LSU Tiger? We'll have to wait and see. You starting to look good. Maybe you do get a Jordan Thompson back. Maybe you feel confident about a Braden Joe Bear. Maybe you feel confident uh, about Hayne Jervinsky, Malazzo, and others. Man, you get some of those pieces back. With some of these, I mean, guys, you've got a really good infield class coming in as freshmen. Can you get it closed on guys like uh, Luke Hallman? I think this team's going to be pretty damn good next year. And Jay has said how much he likes the guys at his position group. So we will see. We will see. All right. I don't get this. Real uh, how how what's what's funny, man? Man say he loves AYS. What's 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 wrong, how? Love AYS so much better than those other posers. Thanks, Real Edo, but how, man? What did I ever do to you, bro? I I don't get it. I don't know why you dislike me so much. All right. Carter Power Brian next. Talk about a good friend, Carol Falls over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. Carter the Power next. Guys, you might know my good friend, Carol Falls, and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor, after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985 985- 395 4300 985 
395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back! Carter the Power Bryant joins us back in his normal slot as he does every Monday. Good to be back with him. Uh, he took a hiatus. I didn't really have a choice when LSU baseball was on, but he's back. What's Carter, good, Blake? Carter, I have the perfect coach for Northwestern. All right, let's hear it. Ed Orgeron. I knew you were going to say it. Huh? Huh? Uh, uh, hey, very uh, quickly, how nuts is this story about Pat Fitzgerald getting fired? Yeah, you know, I give a lot of credit to the student journalists that did the work. I, I, I will tell you That's this. That's who broke the news? A student yeah, journalist? It was student journalists. Yeah, they they on-campus reporters. I will tell no you this. way! Yes. The Daily, man. They they did some capital J real life-changing no. mysterious journalism. Like what me and you do, we're, we're having fun. Like we're giving our opinions and all that stuff. That is so hard to do if you're a student journalist because you're because what, what they tell you is don't, you know, go against what the school is telling you to do. Don't make the school look bad. So I give uh, all the reporters. It was like a group of them uh, that, that got into it. And, and there have been other national guys that, that are starting to. I mean, know, ESPN said they got the photos, videos and text messages. Right. But it was initially broken by the daily. And it's wow, wow! It is it is hard to do that because they're going to the school. They're obviously going to be fans of the school, and that was very important journalism. Like, I mean, these were really bad things uh, that happened. So, shout out to them. That's difficult stuff to do whenever you're, you know, looking into very serious stuff. And I give them a lot of credit. They're way better journalists than than I ever was. I'll tell you that. But it is highly interesting. Look, I mean, Carter, you had ESPN out there saying we got you dead to rights. Yeah. And they are not doing that if they don't have like a smoking gun. Right. Right. And that, I mean, that's that's what made the reporting so good is like, you know, obviously. Hey, God, Pat Fitzgerald's ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, I mean, they fired him, but it's 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 not great. It was very disturbing, obviously. Dude, he can see criminal charges behind this. Oh, absolutely. It's really bad for those that haven't read it. Uh, it's very disturbing. It's very sensitive in nature. So if that triggers anybody, uh, that's a deal with it. I mean, if yeah. hazing triggers you, grow up a little. Like, but but if you have experienced stuff like that, it can be. Like, it was, uh, it was that crazy. Uh, but look, that's hard stuff to do. That's hard stuff to do, man. So... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, honestly, on the field has regressed some. His team really been recent. It's tough. Northwest. I mean, you're hazing Carter, and they're one and eleven. I know they suck. They're, like they're, if this would have came out, and Harold asked what happened with Pat Fitzgerald. If you don't know, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern got fired today for a hazing allegation. That I mean, they got confirmation of pretty much i mean they have 
whiteboards and them like writing players down, calling it uh, runaholic and making players run until they throw up and pass out and stuff like that. Like that's that's insane. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, players it's, will it's allegedly tough, getting yeah. beat up if they don't do it. It's nasty. So, Carter, let's let's talk a little LSU and some SEC here. Um, Jane Daniels, Josh Williams, and Makai Wingo are the three players that are going to Nashville. Surprise, because I am not. No, those are those are the three. I I predicted Jaden and and Makai, and then my third was some combination of Will uh, Malik or um, Greg Brooks, but Josh Williams obviously is a great pick. Former walk-on. Could you imagine? Well, and team captain. Remember, they, if you remember during the season, he was named, like they'd already done the four captains. And because of how big he had been for the team, they went ahead and made him a captain too. I love it. And I'm really excited about that. That lets everyone know that Josh is still going to be a big part of, of, (laughs) of what they're doing next year. And, he wasn't just good. He was truly spectacular. He made some right. truly breathtaking runs and blocks and plays uh, for LSU. So it wasn't just, hey, you hit the hole. It's a wide open gap. Anybody can run through it. It was him making a lot of things happen on his own accord, along with good blocking and everything else around it. So I'm really excited for Josh. The other two shouldn't really surprise anyone, especially with all the offseason, off-field stuff that Wingo has gotten positively, you know, for being the hardest worker, Iron Tiger, all that good stuff. So really excited. And uh, for those that have never really experienced SEC Media Days, you're doing 100 interviews minimum, each and every one of them. You're, do, you're going – you're doing like 50 radio hits, and then you're, you're, you're going from press room to press room to Why press room. Why am I not going? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you and you get asked the same questions over and over again. So, uh, you know, it's 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 tough, but it's also a really fun experience. Do you think this closes a door on a two quarterback system? Yes and no. I I think it had even if you were in, let's just say Brian Kelly was saying, "Hey, I want to play Garrett Nussmeyer a lot versus Florida State." Jaden needed to be the guy going to SEC Media Days, right? I think anyone that watched the uh, the destroying video or whatever, uh, he, he he just represents the university so well, and that's a guy that I think everybody wants to rally behind. You know, this is Jaden's year five. Well, it's not like he's not really freaking good. No, he's very good as well. I mean, like, and, <laughs> okay. and, him, and him moving second in the Heisman odds, these SEC Media Day stuff is, is important, right? Because – Right. A lot of people that Heisman you know, hype. Yeah, and there's going to be voters there, right? And right. one positive experience with one voter could be the difference. It could be how, you know, a national writer at the Athletic or whoever it may be feels about writing about you. They they might want to put more stuff about you if they have a very positive experience with you. And the one thing Jaden does, and it's hard. Like, I get excited. It's my favorite thing, you know, I, I do every week is talking football with you. Jaden, one thing he does a really good job of, he smiles the entire time in every interview that he does. That's hard to do. And it, and that's him not knowing what questions are going to be asked to him. So, obviously, it's going to be very good for a potential Heisman campaign for a guy that we would love to see hoist a trophy. 
What do you think LSU does in running back? I think there is I think there's tiers. I do. I think there is a group of three guys that are in a separate they're gonna get a lion's share of the carries early on in the season. And I think that's Logan Diggs, Josh Williams, and and, and Kane. I feel like those three guys are How are does Emory get, get involved here? I I'm still a believer in John. Obviously he played his best against Auburn and Alabama and in particular, the Auburn game. But I feel those three are the guys that LSU wants to be their people. Right? What about Goodwin? I think Armani obviously is going to come down to his health. I think that's the first thing, Blake. But I also think those other guys are just better at this point. Obviously, Armani's got a home run hitting ability. But I, I think Kane, Williams, and Diggs, they may not be as purely fast as Armani Goodwin, but I just think they're more complete. And I think people will be very shocked with Logan Diggs as how complete of a back he has been at Notre Dame. And one thing, Blake, that really stood out to me about Logan is his pass protection. He's been a good pass protector. He has. At, He's at Notre willing. Dame. Yeah, and his best pass protection reps really began as a true freshman. And that is hard to do. That's a very hard thing because you don't really do that a whole lot in high school, right? So – I really like Logan. I, I really, really do. He's my kind of back, Blake. And you can pause me all you want. I like my running backs thick, baby. I, I, I you gotta you have. You could have just. The- you could have. You could have passed yeah. on that comment, man. No, I'm not passing. I like him thick. In the SEC, historically, you you've got to be thick. There are not many small backs that have succeeded in general at LSU. And there's not many. Are small we talking backs- like Megan the Stallion thick? Like that's how thick you want them? I. I I want thick as a brick, baby. I, I want them thick. I'm telling you, it matters. It's it's simple physics, man. It's simple <laughs> physics. The linebackers and everybody's just bigger. I, I will do this. If anybody wants to do this, I, I, I did a whole week on this last year. The backs that have succeeded in college football that are under 205 have mostly been in other conferences. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the SEC, you really have got to have the weight. You just do. Unless you are truly spectacular with the football in your hands. Like you're, uh, Jameer Gibbs is one of those guys. He is truly spectacular with the football in his hands. But most of LSU's best backs have been big guys, right? Most of Alabama's backs have been big guys. Go through it. Go, go, go running for yourself and you will see. And that's one thing I like about Logan, man. He's got that size. He's a good, solid 215 minimum. So I know he's ready. Uh, for, well, and for you the know end. what else, man? Caleb Jackson's 226. He's he's a unit, right? Like, I, I'm going to tell you, Carter, this might be the ultimate hot take. Let's go. I think by the end of the year, he's RB1. Ooh, that's spicy. That's really spicy. It's spicy. I, it's, I think I'm pretty sure, Carter, it's my spiciest take so far. No, I, like, know, I like it. And you know how I spicy like I can get. But listen, I'm, because of baseball, I haven't been out here using my normal spice. Okay, Now bring it up, baby. But man, Crank it up. I think he's going to be R. Well, let me say this. If he's not RB1, he's definitely getting majority of the carries. Oof. All right, so here's my thoughts on Caleb Jackson. All right, right. give it to me. 
Uh, I liked him a lot. I really do. He he ended up being Carter. He's two twenty six with a four four forty. Yeah, I mean he's a sub eleven. Anyway, con- sorry. Continue. So so he's got the like if you want a SEC running back, he's, he's got it. The, he's it. Like as far as sign and speed uh, is concerned. Now, obviously, you know he didn't really play that much last year because he was injured. Well, so. and they kept him out on purpose. He could have come back from the playoffs just for reference. Right, so he, they did right by him to to get him ready, especially That's at right. running back. So well, and they could have won it all with him too, which is kind of right. You know, yeah, and 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 with the football in his hands, he is very McFadden like with you know his 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 cuts. He's he's far more downhill um, than like let's say like a Darius guy who had a lot of bounce, right? Um, I really like Caleb a lot. I'm with you on on that. I I would not shock me if he plays a lot uh, this year. And look, one guy that is loved, and you know this, Blake, probably way more than I do. But people love Trey Holly. They really do. And I just Carter. I just don't think he's going to see playing time. I don't think so either. Year one, I I am I'm telling you right now, you could think Trey is the absolute most special guy with the football in his hands, and I and think, he will be. He will be a great back. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm like, you. like I truly do think he is special, and I I feel like he probably has a little bit more make you you miss ability than Caleb Jackson, right? Does. But the SEC, I, I'm I'm telling you right now. Trey Holly is not a big guy. You know, he was 180, 185, 190 in high school. It is hard to put on the proper weight to succeed in the Southeastern Conference, right? And once again, it's it's just simple physics. The linebackers and the defensive linemen are just so much bigger in the SEC, and it's it's hard to absorb that contact. Um, and and look. That's obviously something that that Trey in year two he'll he'll probably be the size that you need to be, right? So I I, I think Trey is really special with the football in his hands. But I'm with you on Caleb Jackson. This guy has got elite athleticism. A team that we don't talk about a lot, the team that you know a lot about that I'm going to talk about when you leave, the Arkansas Razorbacks. I should have asked you this with Jaden, but somebody in the text thread reminded me. So I'm going to circle back really quickly, and I want to go to some other things. Is Jaden Daniels better than KJ? All right. So I like Jaden better than KJ. I just want that to be clear because I've been labeled as, you know, KJ Jefferson. Yeah, the homer. Yeah, but here's what I love about KJ Jefferson, okay? He has had very little to work with. And this year, he has got way less to work with than what he had last uh, year. I and mean, he had a first-round wide receiver. Now, like that's he's had some pieces. Well, he's no, had, that was two. That was two years. But he ago. had two guys drafted this year, right? He had a center and no a wide receiver. receivers. The Underwood kid, the under whatever. Like he had two guys that got drafted. I thought right. No, that guy didn't. That guy didn't get drafted. The five-star that they had come in. And he, and he wasn't really that good. I think his best game was like fifty yards or something. Okay, all right. And he had Matt Landers, who was a really it, it, Matt Landers was a really good receiver for them, mm-hmm. but he really didn't start coming on until a little bit later in the year. Here is my favorite thing about KJ Jefferson: is he 
carried Arkansas through so many games last year. Agreed. Where they would probably have been a three-win team if he was not their quarterback. And, you know, looking throughout the SEC, I felt he was the most valuable player in the SEC to his team. Now, not the best. Bryce was still, to me, the best quarterback in the SEC. But when it comes to value, they would not have beaten Missouri State. They probably wouldn't have beaten Auburn. That BYU game got crazy in Provo. Their defense was absolutely hot dog uh, water. Yeah, atrocious. And and their uh, their all their best defensive players are just four and five star transfers, holdovers. Uh, uh, Drew Sanders, Landon Jackson. I think you remember. Yeah, he's him. going he to Media Day, right? And and McLaughlin. So this team just was not good at all, and he carried them. Um, through a lot last year. So, yeah, I would put KJ at uh, number one, and then I would put, you know, Jaden at number two. I would. Now, and then, you know. But the best, not the most value is what I'm asking. I would say KJ is still the best. I would. I would say he's number one. It's just so tough for me, Carter, to say that for, for me to go there when you could make the argument that, yes, Jane Daniels had more weapons on the outside. He still also had four rotating freshmen that he was going besides too, and still took down Bama. Oh, don't get it twisted. Jaden had an absolutely fantastic year, but here is something else I'll bring up by KJ is KJ lost to Liberty. Yeah. He didn't have a shoulder. He didn't practice. All That's that a week. part of the problem. Yeah. So he, he did not practice all that week, and you saw their backup quarterback situation. They're, they're, they had the worst backups in the SEC, so he had to play. He he couldn't throw the ball thirty yards. And can he throw the ball thirty yards now? He is not the best deep ball thrower. I'll tell you that. He, that is not his best thing. But you know, here's one thing I, I will say about KJ. I mean, that was a stupid question, but I think y'all get what I'm asking. Yeah, I know absolutely. He has not had a bad Power 5 game at Arkansas last year. He did not have one single one. Now, he had some bad moments. Okay, that's what to ask. But I don't think he had one bad – what I would consider a bad Power 5 game. The Alabama game, nobody was really getting open. Um, And then, you know, Texas A&M game, he had that really bad fumble. But – and look, he, he did miss throws, and he's still far from a finished product. But it is a lot to carry that Arkansas Razorback team. And I'll tell you this. I am not in love with them losing Kendall Browns and them having the same level of success. And they also lost their center, who was a really good player. He was a third-round pick right. uh, by the commanders, and and we'll, we'll see. But then after that, obviously there's a lot of different quarterbacks that I feel – could move themselves in that first and second team all SEC range, but Blake, I think that would be more because of what they are surrounded by. So, like Joe Milton's going to put up big numbers this year. Obviously, Carson Beck is if he breathes, anybody could throw to Brock Bowers. Anybody. <laughs> um, so, I, I think there are other quarterbacks in the SEC who will be good. But the next thing I would bring up about the quarterback position in the SEC, Blake, is there's a lot of really good quarterbacks that left. They're, they're gone, and those quarterbacks are going to be so tough to replace. 
And the fact that you get Jaden back and your OC back and your top receiver, top tight end, and your two tackles back, Jaden has a very good chance finishing as first-team All-SEC this year. If he does that, are you playoff bound? Yeah, absolutely. If if so he you, so let's 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 pull the cat out of the bag. We talked about this, but we didn't go into detail. And this is the last question because I I think it's going to be extended. Let's do it. Is it playoff or bust for this team? I would say yes. I would. Now, so you're here, pretty you're really high that they're going to win the West. They're going to take down Florida State. And that their only loss potentially would be Georgia's. What I'm hearing you say. Okay. We've all talked about the Brian Kelly quote, and I totally get it. And he's masking answer- expectations, Carter. You right. know that, and I know that. He know- yeah, I- Char- Carter, we, I have a video from him three, uh, uh, three months ago literally saying we, we, you know, we need to be championship ready. Right. Right? So con- but continue. Yeah, I just, I just don't think – if you were to ask during any other period in LSU history, you're returning, once again, your QB, your two offensive tackles. So we're talking about, you know, the three. You're returning your offensive line, baby. Garrett Dellinger started enough where you can call him a starter at some point. Right. Yeah, LSU is like top half of snaps return on yeah, they're, the offensive they're line. Number th- they're number three of total right. production returning, right. Yeah, so when you're returning all that and you're returning, you know, uh, one of your best defensive players you've ever seen at the university who's might not have even hit his prime yet, it's 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 hard for me to not put those expectations on this team. Now, what I would say, Blake, is and I won't go too deep into this tonight. We might be able to next week. There are some metrics that have been predictive of previous college football playoff teams to the next year that LSU's last year's roster did not live up to the expectation. So here's a stat. Uh, Game control, right? So game control is how you actually control the game. How much do you dominate your the opponents you played? Mm-hmm. Okay? So LSU last year, they won the West, and no one would disagree that actually being a good thing. But there were a lot of chaotic games and a lot of games that... Yeah, like Florida was hairy early, Ole Miss was hairy early, Auburn was hairy. Yes, so the Florida and Ole Miss games, I think we could all agree offensively, LSU was dominant, and defensively, they eventually figured it out outside of that one long Anthony Richardson run, right? Mm -hmm. So the three games in particular were the Arkansas game, the Mississippi State game, and the Auburn game, where offensively... You were very anemic, and defensively, you were opportunistic as well, okay? So what that means is normally the previous year's teams that make it to the college football playoff the next year were dominant that previous season. LSU was a very successful team last year, but Blake, one thing that you cannot state or state at all is they were not a dominant team. Right. And that's okay. You know, if you win, you win, right? Win any way you possibly can. It's hard to go out there and win. But normally, college football playoff teams are dominant from the year before to this next year. And this is something that I've been talking about a lot on my channel and just in general. LSU this next season, you might not get Greg Brooks making 
one of the best interceptions you will ever see. You might not get Coy Moore throwing away Auburn's game um, like he did in that game. You might not get those breaks, right? So, you know, next year, one thing, if you truly want to believe LSU has taken that next leap, Blake, is are they beating teams down? Are you enforcing your will? Are you hammering home teams by the second, third, and fourth quarter? And that will let you know as a fan that this team is a for real college football playoff contender. Okay, that's a lot to unpack. So, number one, I do agree that historically that that happens. Oh, yeah. I can also say that you've seen teams like Georgia also be in these slugger matches too. Like, yeah. the can I tell you, you're not going to agree with this, and, and that's okay. That's fine. It's here. I think metrics like that can be bullshit. Like, because I think that you have to uh, – that game control does not tell the story of what's happening. Because Tennessee in game control – I just looked this up while we were talking about this. They were horrendous in game control, won 10 games. You know who else was horrible in game control? Ohio State and Michigan at times. So when I look at some of these top teams that are making the playoff, Carter, I do just ask the, this simple question. Yeah, but, the, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I agree with what you're saying on that you got to be dominant. But game control, I think, is a little bit. Oh, no. I, and, and look, that was just one metric that right. shows – constant that you're taking you're, you're dominating teams and you are for real a really really good football team agree where i would push back though is tennessee was really good in game control this year they blew us out they blew some other teams that weren't really that good out uh and that's the thing lsu really yeah but they well. struggled with alabama they struggled with Pitt. they got beat by south carolina and right. at the end of the year, they're struggling with Clemson, who's starting a true freshman quarterback. There, there are like, okay, are you beating down Austin P? Because there's no reason that that team had any business playing Pittsburgh and almost getting beat. I disagree because historically, teams that play the second game early in the season on the road don't play their best football. They don't. So it's hard early in the season to do that okay perfect example 2019 lsu that was a tough game to go on the road and play texas and that game was really back and forth it's yeah but we're talking about a 10 win texas team versus a seven eight seven eight win pit team like as much as i might not like texas they still had guys like malcolm roach starting at with the saints like they had right. dudes but but pit went nine and four that year and i think texas was what like seven eight they, they were like an eight or nine. Yeah, they were like I don't remember. But the point being, I, I totally agree with you. Game control isn't the absolute perfect metric. But normally, taking that next leap that next year. And by the way, Tennessee didn't make the playoff. Uh, so the teams that truly are dominant. So uh, it's a good question. I see D. Will in here. Uh, LSU 2018, their game control and average win probability were both in the top 10. Okay. Yeah, I'm just not going to take the best team of all time to, to use with this team's comparison. Well, no, 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 no. I, he was asking I, about 28. I, I know, but I'm 
Dude, can I tell you? Can I tell you something spicy? Let's hear it. I'm not comparing teams to 2019 anymore. Okay, but what I would say is, you look at the college football playoff teams as a whole. There have been four teams that took massive leaps. I agree the, with that. I agree so, with that. But here's the thing: that's not me saying that LSU is not going to be able to do it. It's just one thing. And look, Brian Kelly knows this, right? He he knows last year, and he even said it, you know, after the Auburn game. Brian Kelly, you hear him say process, 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 process over results and all of that. Well, he he knows that you, you can't win games like how LSU won some games last year. And there might oh, be something. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying you can. You can't have Auburn again. You're going to get beat. Right. And I think that's going to be the next leap is can this LSU offense in particular just punish teams that will, I mean, right out of the gate. And that's going to be so important for them next year because you go through the schedule from last year, they really struggled to get going early. Right. And that was, it's just something you just can't do. Like you just can't get away with so many slow starts that they had offensively. Now I love this team. I'm not, it's, but it's just that they will tell you that as well. And getting right out of the gates and having a good script. Uh, and I'm not, and, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I hope people, you oh, yeah. know, like, you know, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like, the overall No, game, you can. I like it when people poke holes. Anybody that, that, that disagrees, go, go right on No, ahead. and I'm not saying that. Like, don't I don't want to be labeled as someone who thinks that they can't get out to a fast start. Like, don't, you know. I'm not saying that. What I'm just saying is, is that game control, beating a team by like you did against Mississippi State when you only, you're only up 14 with seven minutes to go, like that's still a really like get, that game was in hand for over nine ten minutes, right? What, like the Mississippi State game. Yeah, Carter, you, you're up two scores with four with you know, and you they hadn't scored since the second quarter, right? Like you had gone, oh, whole, you know. So I, I mean. I get what you're saying. All right, last one. Speaking of Mississippi State. Let's hear it. I'll just do these things with you. Usually I do them on myself. I, I might reference them later uh, in the That's week because we're, we're coming up on time here. What do you think about Mississippi State? I'm fading them big time, Blake. Look. I am too. Yeah, I mean, obviously I would never wish what happened to them on them. That was just the absolute worst thing to happen. Uh, I, I'm a big – fan of Mike Leach, a big fan of the air raid, obviously. And there was a, it was so tough to decide if you were going to have the Zach Garnett situation be an interim situation or a permanent situation. What they should have done is just kept him for an interim to see if it worked, but they went on ahead and, and signed him. Now he didn't get like a Brian Kelly contract, but still, I, I'm not a big fan of Will Rogers. He, he's a little one dimensional. Really? I'm not. I I just I, I just don't like this situation not being in the short pass air raid offense. I didn't like that they lost the skill position guys that they lost. But as you know, Blake, I'm a big Xavier Thomas fan, and I think he's going to be a really good player. He's a three star kid out of New Orleans that I like a lot. Um, and then obviously defensively, you know, they lost some really good pieces there as well. Your guy. You're the president of the Emmanuel Forbes fan club. He was so good for them, and now he's he was, gone. He, he was elite. Like, he was an elite college football player that we didn't talk about. Right. Enough. Like he, is, he is. He broke the not, SC record in pick sixes. 
He broke the right. SC record in picks. Like, at what point do I sit here and say, like, the most untalked about name in the SEC, maybe in its history, that played in the elite level? Emmanuel Forbes. Right. I'm with you on that. He was so good. He was so, so good, good man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's, like, in, like, the Champ Bailey, Patrick Peterson tier, but he's, like, probably in that next tier of just all-time great SEC corners. He really was good. And you lose that, you lose his leadership, uh, you lose all that goes along with it. I, I'm just fading them. Now, their schedule does set up, you know, nicely. They get a, you know, week two game uh, versus Arizona before they welcome LSU. And obviously, we'll see how that works out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just fading them. Uh, I, I'd probably go under their win total uh, going into next year. Sucks for them, man. I hate it. All right, my buddy. We'll see you next week. Remember, thick running backs all day. Let's go. Ha, ha, ha. We'll see you, bud. Cheers. That dude. That dude. (laughs) All right, we are over time. I did miss out on some things. I will have to pick back up on tomorrow. But Rage and Review joins us tomorrow. We're guessing it up two times. But Rage and Review, the ULL podcast that hates everybody's living guts because they're Rudy Poos sometimes. And we're going to debate that with them. Uh, Joins us. Uh, and also, Kay Beloso joins us tomorrow at 7.30. So big show in store for you tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. Good to be back. Good to be talking with you every day. Till then, we'll see you tomorrow, knuckleheads. Y'all have a good, y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts.